it was probably four years ago next week, Terry, that I met Terry, his wife Valerie, children Karma, Parker, Nicole, when they came to minister at Shiloh. That was the beginning of Terry's ministry behind the pulpit. But we soon learned his ministry was far beyond the pulpit with what he does in the school system and his life. We grew to love all of them very deeply, but we knew we wasn't going to get to keep them long because he progressed from the pulpit at an outstanding rate. And I'm so proud that I had that opportunity to call you my friend. It was some tough times. But we are proud to have you here, and I'm sure that we, the people, God's people of the Columbia Christian Church, that is the Columbia Christian Church, will be blessed this week when we hear the ministry of Terry Shelley. Terry, thank you. Welcome him, please. That, that was not fair. Uh, good morning, everyone. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is, that Jesus is Lord. It just as the song was saying that one day we, uh, we do see and we do celebrate every time until he comes the promise that he is coming. Uh, I've been asked to come, of course, for revival. What is revival? I, I don't want to get too much in the specifics of it, but I got, you know, just a question. Does Scripture say that the Holy Spirit indwells in us? Yes. Does Scripture say that Jesus Christ himself is in us? Does Scripture say that God, the Father, is in us? If you believe... Scripture. If you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you believe that he died and on the third day he arose again and ascended unto the Father, if you believe these things, then yes, the Spirit, the Son, and the Father are indwelling in you. The creator of the universe. So I have a simple question once more. Is revival possible? The creator of the universe dwells inside of us. But yet, so many times, we don't allow him to shine through. We don't allow the glory of who he is to be able to be seen in the world around us. A lot of times it's just hard to recognize how much God has provided for us, how abundantly he has poured out for us, even when life seems out of control, when life hurts. When life does not even make sense. But yet, knowing the promises of what God has given us, and I have a very simple little illustration here, and I don't want to make too much of it, but every step we take, we don't know what's really happening next. We just, as we go about it, we need to trust and see that our Father, He knows all things. And through all those things, 
He is able to bring us to where we're supposed to be, bring us back to completeness and to know that he is true and that he is faithful. To be able to accept God, that regardless of how chaotic the world seems around us, who is in control? Who is in control? God, our Lord and Savior himself is the one that guides every step that we take. Now, if you do have your Bible with you today, or if you have a phone or uh, any other device, and you would like to be able to turn uh, to the scripture with us, it'll be Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Colossians 4, 2 through 6. I hear pages turning. That's a good sound. It starts out, it says, to continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. For which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. It starts out here at the very beginning of this passage, and I will be sticking to this passage today, if you uh, would continue with me. And it says to continue earnestly in prayer, earnestly to open yourself up, to seek yourself uh, into a, a place where you are truly desiring to be able to get a response from God, to continue earnestly in prayer. It was wonderful this morning in Sunday school to be able to see that the focus truly was on the idea of prayer. We looked in first uh, Samuel and the prayer of Hannah and how she prayed year after year unto the Lord. We also talked about how Paul himself had the thorn in his flesh and he prayed to God. And even though God did not answer how he desired, God did answer him. And he said that his grace was sufficient. And he prayed over time as well. With that being said, I actually want to apologize. And, uh, I mentioned this to uh, Brother John a moment ago and he told me not to worry about it. But I truly do feel convicted about it. I have known for some time that I was coming up here to do uh, the revival here at this church. And uh, I did not um, push or participate in prayer with you. And I truly do feel uh, apologetic, even burdened because of that. I have been told that during some prayer studies that you guys have been praying for this revival that you are lifting up. I have been praying for it in my own time, uh, but I did not pray directly with you. The idea of continually, earnestly being in prayer for what God desires for us to do. And with that being said, and just uh, me uh, realizing uh, the idea of prayer here and just uh, what it is for this uh, congregation to be able to lift itself up before God and how we communicate with God. The second part says in our prayer, we are to be vigilant. We are to be alert. The uh, word vigilant is to keep careful watch for the possibilities of dangers or difficulties. How many of you in your life have had dangers and difficulties? How many of you during those times you have been very vigilant 
How many of you have been very vigilant in prayer, seeking God's wisdom, His counsel, allowing Him to be able to lift you up and to guide you and to be able to let you prosper even through these dangerous and difficult times? And the next part, with the alertness. We're also supposed to be alert in it, the prayer. Pray with thanksgiving. This... uh, School year has started out a little rougher for me. <laughs> um, it's uh, I am horrible with paperwork. Yes, I am a teacher and I am horrible with paperwork. And I've had a copious amount of paperwork that has been uh, pushed up on me this year because, well, I guess I'm a real teacher now after 12 years. And uh, with this, of course, I have uh, been going uh, begrudgingly into it. I see the need for it, and I see uh, what is to come for it. Uh, But also, with the beginning of the school year, I had this horrible sinus infection that came in. It clogged up my head. I couldn't talk uh, for two days of teaching uh, with uh, 110 fourth graders, and that becomes a little cumbersome after a little bit. For four weeks, I've had this persistent cough uh, that uh, was going on. And the reason I say this, and and I'm, yes, I am whining at this moment. But the reason I am doing it is because I, for, through those uh, few weeks, I had to stop myself. I had to physically stop myself and remind myself that my God is a gracious God and I am to be thankful. I had to slow down. I had to back up. I truly, in my prayers, had to reach out to God and say, yes, Lord, I am thankful for what you do. Being here this morning, I reminded of just a few other things that I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful for the time that I first Brett, uh, met Brother Terry out in the rain. Uh, it was at uh, the Christian uh, conference, and uh, we, we were at Shiloh that year, and he stood out there and parked cars in the drizzle uh, the whole time with me, and he was joyful about it, and it was wonderful to be able to meet him. It's also uh, joyful to know Joe and Della and several others, but also what uh, I was able to go through with Joe, uh, some amazing circumstances early on at Shiloh, and uh, also the blessings that he's received since then. And just to know that God does guide us. Even the ceiling. J.D. Montgomery. He passed away not too long ago. But he is the one that stained the ceiling with his son-in-laws. And just the joy it was and how thankful I am to have known him. And also to get to use the baptistry to baptize his daughter here as well. How thankful I am for this. Life can be busy, life can be hectic, and yes, sometimes we just feel like there is gloom and doom, and there's this little rain cloud that just hovers over us, but we have to uh, push it aside. We have to go back to God and realize how thankful we are for His abundance and His graciousness toward us. We have to take every thought in our mind, and we have to hold it captive. We have to take everything that we see, everything that we bring into our body, to make sure that it is not tainting us, so that when we do express the truth of who God is in this world, that our mind has already been dwelling on Him and thinking the thoughts that He has desired for us. In verse 3, it says, also continuing this idea with prayer. Meanwhile, praying also for us. Paul is talking about himself and the men that are with him. And the work that they are doing. But it's also anyone who is sharing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this idea of being alert. We are to pray earnestly, vigilantly, with thanksgiving. He says for us. And then he continues with open doors for the gospel. That we may speak what we ought. That we may speak what we ought. I'm the one that is behind the pulpit at the moment. But am I the only one to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, we're supposed to equip the saints for every, every good work 
of ministry. You are ministers also. And with this, this thought and my apology from earlier of where I have not been able or I have not made the connection with you in prayer as a congregation, I'm going to do something a little different at this moment. Um, I'm going to go down to the altar. And at this moment, I would, I'm going to be praying through these things. If I am the only one at the altar, that's fine. You will not hurt my feelings. But if anyone desires to come up, if anyone desires to uh, let the Holy Spirit to lead them, the indwelling of the Spirit, the indwelling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the indwelling of God the Father, to allow them to pray for this church, for this revival, for this community, then let's take a moment to do so. And don't feel all obligated to come forward. God knows your prayer is exactly where you are. But again, I'd like to restate this prayer is to pray earnestly, to be vigilant, alert with thanksgiving, praying for those who are sharing the ministry, opening the doors of the gospel, and what we ought to speak. So at this time, if you would join me in prayer. Looking on at verse 3, the next part. Pray that God would open a door for the word. A few years ago, I think it was about six years ago, maybe seven now, I prayed this prayer specifically. I went through this scripture, I prayed it in earnest, just as uh, I was asked to by the word of God. And the word, amazingly, I, the, one of the, actually the only time I can say that I have heard the voice of God, and it just rang through my head, was be alert. I prayed through this, uh, hoping God would give me the opportunity to be able to share the truth of who he was. And I have uh, another confession to make that even I am not bragging about this thing. This happened within six days. And it was uh, as if I was a Christian, as I ought to be, as I should be for one week. For one week in faithfulness, being able to lift up my Lord and share the truth of who he is to those around me. The first door that he opened up to me that week was a police officer. I was able to uh, witness with him and talking with him and uh, find out his kids had just been baptized the week before and he was unable to go to their baptism. Both of his sons were baptized at the same time. His wife was growing in her faith and uh, she was desiring to uh, learn more and she wanted to be able to help teach her kids. And this lady had come to their door, a Jehovah's Witness, and was uh, wanting to come in and do Bible studies with them. Through this meeting with this police officer and finding this out, I was able to pray with him and he was able to uh, have the conviction to be able to go home and to uh, talk with his wife and to be able to stop this Jehovah's Witness from coming in and sharing the doctrines that they are teaching within their organization. Also this week, I, had, uh, I was working with the Wellness Center on the board at that time and I was filling in a couple of hours and there was a young man who was working there in the office and I ended up staying with him for three hours afterwards. He's a, of the Hindu faith. And as we went through scripture by scripture, I felt like I was beating my head against the wall. He, he kept saying, I do not understand, I do not understand, I do not understand. I got to ride with him in his truck a year later, and the Bible that I'd given him was still there on the dashboard. There was a, someone who had basically made their, themselves my enemy 
I can't say that happens much in my life, but he became antagonistic toward me for whatever reason. But this week I knew he was going through some hardships and I prayed with uh, the administrator, the principal at my building and I had given him a Bible and he was able to go talk with him. It doesn't always have to be directly through you, but it can be through others as well. And uh, once they had talked, he actually, uh, for the first time ever, he remembered being able to give him a hug and to comfort him and to read him scripture. And I do remember that sometime after this, uh, even, that I remember the day that this man had come through the hallway and after um, ignoring me and uh, basically uh, being antagonistic toward me day after day, I was going to write him off that day. I had made up my mind, fine, I will do as you're doing. That day that I had chose and made that decision to do so, he comes up to me and he asked me to go with him on an overnight uh, retreat. Ever since then, we have become friends. I have a fellow teacher at school who at this time, seven years ago, this same week, God had opened the opportunity for me to be able to share the gospel with him. A student had laid one of the little red testaments of the Gideons on his desk. And when I went into his room, I saw it and I started up the conversation. And he said to me, it's a beautiful story, but I don't believe. Our conversations from this week went on for several more years. And as of last year, he is uh, now uh, attending church on a regular basis. He has accepted Jesus. And he's now sending students to me who have questions about the gospel. These interactions came this one week. One right after another. And there were many other people that God gave me the chance just to simply be able to pray with. But these are the ones that I had intimate conversations with. Showing uh, and sharing the gospel. And it, was, and it came. I know that it came because of this scripture. Being earnestly in prayer. Being alert. Being vigilant. And knowing that God would open doors. Allowing me. To be able to reach out. And I know that it was because of the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And nothing because of what I had to say. Because of God had already prepared them. Again the message is to be alert. To speak as it goes on for the rest of the verse 3. It says to speak the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ. Knowing the grace that Jesus himself gave to us. The gift of his life. The mercy that he was able to pour out upon us. Us uh, as uh, wicked uh, creatures before him that are unworthy of his mercy. But yet he gave it to us and he gives us every day fresh through the sanctification of his spirit. And of course this allows us to eventually come to him being glorified by him. That we may become his righteousness. The mystery. To be able to speak the mystery of Jesus Christ. And Paul goes on to say for which I am also in chains. Imagine that as Paul is speaking this, as Paul is uh, writing this down and he's sharing it with the uh, church in Colossae. Here we have Paul himself chained down. But the chains that he is talking about is not those of the physical chains, but he is bound by the gospel of Jesus Christ to be able to share and to be able to do the good work that God has made him to do. Doing the good works of God, doing the good works that God has created each one of us for is not easy. It has never been promised to be easy to obey God. We are to deny ourselves. We are to give of ourselves completely. We are to be the living sacrifice and we are to take up our cross daily as we walk with our Lord. 
And through this, through the idea and the process of sanctification, we are able to come to God. We are able to become more like His Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 4, that I may make it manifest. That I may make it manifest. That I may make this mystery of Jesus Christ manifest. The idea of the word manifest is to make it clear or obvious to the eyes or mind. Whenever we are to speak the truth of Jesus Christ, whenever we are to share the gospel with those around us, uh, pray for God to be able to give you the words, the wisdom, to be able to say that you are able to make it clear that uh, those are in front of you, they see Jesus Christ in you. That you make it clear enough that whenever you are talking with them, that you are able to open their minds, that they are able to be indwelled with the Holy Spirit themselves, that He can pull them, that He can rein them in, that the truth of who He is is able to speak through them. And of course, pray as I ought to speak. As I ought to speak. Many of us, several times, we simply won't say anything because we're afraid we won't say the right thing. Again, who is it that indwells in you? Who is it that is able to give you life and to prosper you? Who is it that is able, uh, through His abundance, that is able to give you the words to say? The Spirit the Son, and the Father pouring through us. And we are to pray that God will give us these words, not only me, but you also. And then through this also knowing that we will have the words, uh, we are also, in verse 5, we are to walk in wisdom. If you are to manifest the gospel of Jesus Christ for somebody, that it is clear to them, and so that they may see Him, we are to walk in wisdom. We are to make it clear what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. To be able to be followers of the way. To walk the path that Jesus has set before us. He has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And we are to do this, as verse 5 continues, toward those who are outside. I would like for you to think for a moment. Who is outside? Who do you know personally that you have been praying for? To be given the words, to be able to speak to them. But does outside only mean outside these walls? Is it also possible that here, and I absolutely believe that it is, that with, even within this building, that there are those who are outside? And are you being given the confidence, the, the urging to be able to truly speak with them, to guide them, to show them in your walk? How are you leading them as they watch you? And as we walk, as we walk in wisdom, we're supposed to realize that the harvest is great and God has given us the abundance to go forth and do His work. And with this, it comes to the next part in verse 5. It says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. How many of you wish you had more time? How many of you wish you were, were able to give Him more hours in the day or more years uh, on the calendar so that you may be able to do the things that you have desired to do, the things that you know also that God has made for you to do? And realize that redeeming this time, this time is a gift from God. And no, none of us know how much we have left of this time. We are to make every opportunity. We are to make every opportunity to be able to speak the truth of Jesus Christ. To be able to show others who He is. I met a man once out in Colorado and he, was, uh, he had this book with him. And every time he would meet somebody, he would write down in this book. And he would go home and he would pray over this individual. And he called it his divine appointment book. Everyone he was able to speak with, he would go back and he would be able to lift them up to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
But every moment, every opportunity that we speak with someone, we should make an opportunity to be able to show who Jesus is to them. We are not to be frivolous with our time. We are not to waste our time. We are not to be foolish. We are to walk in wisdom. We are not to be foolish with our time. Walk wise for the glory of God. Realizing that this is the end of us. That we are to be able to come into this glory of God. Now, many of us, when we leave from here, we get distracted by TVs and radios and tablets and phones and whatever other device you can imagine. The distractions that are always before us and always trying to scroll through and always trying to uh, see what else is coming up. But we are to redeem the time and to make sure that we stay focused on Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, always to speak with grace. Always. To speak with grace. Seasoned with salt. How many of you like a little salt on your tomato slices? How many of you like salt on your mashed potatoes? <laughs> yeah, it's good to season with a little bit of salt. To be able to add that flavor. So we are supposed to walk in wisdom. We are to speak in grace. We are to be seasoned with salt. We're supposed to leave a good taste in someone's mouth uh, once they have been with us. And we do this. That you may know how to answer each one. Whenever someone comes at you antagonistically. Whenever someone comes at you with a problem. You are still supposed to step back. You are to, to control yourself. To speak with the grace. To be able to speak with that season of salt. And yes I must admit that I have work to do with this at my home. To be able to make sure that I have the grace that God. Because I know even my kids are always watching. And yes the life that I lead needs to be done at home as well. Not just out in the public. Yesterday, 20 years after a conversation, I don't want to say too much on the specifics, but evidently, I listened to someone, and I encouraged someone 20 years ago this year, and yesterday they told me about it. I didn't like this person, but evidently I chose to do the right thing. He said that he was at the lowest point of his uh, faith, his walk with God. And that conversation that I had with him allowed him to be able to start walking back with God once again. And I found this out just tomorrow, or I'm sorry, just yesterday. And he is now a preacher today. Redeem the time. How many frivolous how many open conversations have you had with someone where you have not used grace with what you said? How many times have you spoke with someone when you have not uh, used that seasoning of salt to be able to lead them back to God? How many times have we had conversations with someone when we are not alert? I know that I have done it in my life thousands of times. But we are to do it all the time. As representatives of Jesus Christ, allowing him to be in us, grow in us, to be able to see this mystery of Christ, allowing us to be able to see his glory and to know that one day he is coming back and that we will be glorified with him. And if we truly believe this, if we are the body of Christ, then how hard is it for us to be alert? If you truly believe this, if you say you believe this, then how much does it take for you to pray this prayer and say, God, make me alert and give me the opportunity to be able to share the truth of who you are with those around me? 
Whether it's those that are sitting with you directly, whether it's those that you work with, whether it is your family, which I understand can sometimes be the hardest to share the truth of who God is. But if you pray this prayer and you pray it with vigilance and you pray it earnestly time over and time again, you will be absolutely amazed at how many doors God will open for you. You will actually get to the point where you will be fearful that God will keep opening the doors. But God is out of his amazing abundance. Out of our frailty, our weakness, he shows that he is strong. Allowing us to be able to come before him, allowing us to be the light of the world, allowing us to be able to show a broken and lost world who he is. Allowing us to deny ourselves that he, the one who indwells in us, may be revealed. Life is hard. Life is unsteady. We don't always see where we're going. Most of the time we ain't got a clue where we're going. But who always knows where we're going? Our Father. Our Father who loves us. Let us pray. Most gracious Father, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your body. To be able to lift up your name, to be able to glorify you, and to be able, dear Heavenly Father, to help to equip the saints for every good work of ministry. God, I just ask now that hearts and minds, that they will be softened. I ask that they will be opened, that, the, uh, that you will allow those, dear Heavenly Father, that you wish for us to be able to witness to, to be able to share the, the mystery of Jesus Christ, that you will give us the words that we need to say. I pray that you will make us alert, dear Father. I pray that you will allow us to pray earnestly before you knowing that we must redeem the time. God, we came before your table this morning. And we do that. As we come before your table, we are supposed to remind ourselves that you are coming back. We thank you for this truth, for this blessed hope that you have given us. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.